0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, of
1: the Barbarian. This is Light, the Light-fingered thief. Hello, Light. How are you today? Doing good. I'm busy looking through any type of presents I've gotten from, from old Santa. Saint Nick. From, from, Santa. from old
0: Saint Nick. You know, my favorite thing to do. I worked in this frame shop for a while, and I love to tell people that Santa died for their sins.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just, I, you have to pick the right moment to say it.
1: That is true. Then you have to
0: say it and deliver it just right.
1: That is but funny. Santa did die you for your sins.
0: And remember, kids, Santa died for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special day today. Well, it's not actually in reality because we're recording this for that day. Um, but it's it's Saturday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday. It's Christmas Day.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> All the toys. I... I, uh, as a kid, I would get so excited. I would, I would always ask for little action figures of various things. I got into Doctor Who a lot when I was a kid, and I got the Doctor Who fan club magazines. And one year, my parents they had the old day poll, uh, Doctor Who action figures that they yeah. would sell in the back. And I had my parents, like, this is what I want for Christmas, circled
1: the action figures I wanted in the little order form,
0: <laughs> <They had to laughs> send it out. And I got Doctor Who books and Doctor Who action figures.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I was getting a G.I. Joe action figures and toys and then D, you know bx modules and stuff
0: <laughs> i don't think i ever got my game books for my except for my father did take me to go get my doctor who role-playing game my fossa role-playing game back in the 80s Yep. i remember going to the store i don't remember if that was lawn mowing money or where that money came from but it's it's been so many years <laughs> it was but i didn't really buy me a lot of game stuff i did get lots of the action figures we had a good game a lot of good games i feel this last year oh, there's quite a few games that we've been wanting to play we haven't played but we played quite a few that we've been wanting to get into in the last year or two since we've jumped over to internets playing predominantly um which is not i've never you know not something i was used to doing but with covid we did that
1: yeah it's new to new to all of us <laughs>
0: Our Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea has been going strong for, it's probably been over two years it's now. It's uh,
1: two years, yeah, it's over two years now, I think.
0: And we, pl- that started before the pandemic. We were playing it in uh, Wednesday nights down in the, down in my basement. Down in your place, yeah. And uh, when the pandemic struck up, we started playing it online. And we picked up a few new players in there because we were online and we were able to bring in folks from around the world. They didn't have to drive to my house and come into my basement to play. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, for some of them, it might be like a 12-hour drive, so it, yeah. it'd be tough. But, uh, you know, so we did make it through a couple of the games that we've been wanting to play. You know, we played uh, a Broad Classics campaign that, you know, that we were using as a one-shot on as a substitute for some nights. and We made that a regular campaign. We started playing uh, Old School Essentials, uh, BX Clone, which was, you know, a lot of fun as well, too. We started getting into um, All Flesh Must Be Eaten recently, as well as Mutant Crawl Classics. Um, You have a wrist game that you started up, right?
0: Yeah, it was, start, it was the first thing we started trying to do in person. Uh, It's been doing okay. We have canceled it a few times just for safety concerns with COVID and stuff, depending yeah. on what's been going on. I, I know one of our players just last week couldn't come because his – he told his COVID, yeah, his good. son had yeah. had been diagnosed with COVID and he just didn't want to risk spreading it around. He said, I, ah, you know, two days ago I got a negative test, but I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to, yeah, not risk come it. Come to the game, not risk, you know, bringing COVID there. And then the same happened to another member of the party a couple of weeks before that. They, their child also had, had been diagnosed. So it yep. was like oh, a little risky there. Everyone in the group had, has been vaccinated, but. You know, trying to take precautions and be safe with it and call it off. And and our normal game day actually falls on on Christmas this year. So we're not going to be playing tonight when this airs, I don't imagine.
1: No, no, probably not. But we also played, you know, for Ben for the free league this past year as well, too. So that was good to try out some of the free league mechanics.
0: Oh, yeah. I I had fun with that. I like that system a lot. This is the second thing that we ran. The first thing we ran was the prior year. For Halloween. Halloween special, we ran Vacine. Vassin is pretty solid game. I speak highly of it. Uh, this year's Halloween special, or Halloween special, I call it. We ran it it. Dark Places and Demogorgon's And we used to do different holiday specials. We got two holiday special game one shot games coming up this year for the winter holidays, so that's exciting. We haven't played them yet. One's happening right after Christmas. And since we're recording this before, the other one just happened a couple days. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be running a uh, Christmas campaign. Um, which would be pretty much we'll be playing the Christmas Carol from Charles Dickens.
0: Ah, no, I didn't know that. That's great. <laughs> and then
1: um, I think uh, fellow worker Nick will be running a holiday special that will be using our Halloween Dark Places and Demi Gorgon's characters. So it'll be <laughs> continuing our campaign from the Halloween special to the Christmas special. So we'll fast forward two months in our game game time.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I have not played dark places and Demogorgons. i've only dm'd it the few times we've played it so i'm gonna have to come up with a, a character. You're someone to, new to school
1: you got to <laughs> play the, the new transfer to school
0: <laughs> i just moved down from, when i was a kid i was i was uh i grew up in cleveland and we moved in high school when i was a teenager down to the cincinnati area so i was the new kid in school so i'm gonna play that guy
1: <laughs> yeah and then i think uh jason's gonna be joining us from uh scotland as well too so when he I need to talk with him and see what player he's gonna make for that campaign. Oh he's yeah, he play. wasn't
0: he wasn't in the Halloween one, was no, he?
1: He, he wasn't in the Halloween one. So I don't know if he's gonna be playing the uh an exchange student, a heartthrob or, <laughs> or or what. So I gotta get hold of him because um uh, my wife is actually gonna go over to the UK and uh, probably see him, assuming that the if the assuming the United Kingdom is not locked down yet.
0: <laughs> my uh I, I really appreciate bloat games. I'm gonna say that. Dark places and Demogorgons is from bloat games. And the books and games that I do have of theirs, I really like because it's basically classic d structured. So if you're looking for something a little different to play without having to learn a new rule set entirely and come into all these, you know, like try to figure all these new things out, Bloke Games is a pretty good place to start. It's easy to pick up and start running their games. If you've played regular d and it's easy to do your own thing with. Even if you don't do the way that they present D and D wise, you can kind of run your own stuff because you're used to using what's there.
1: To yeah, run it's a, a game. It's a pretty basic OSR, to, you know, mechanic system. So easy to learn, easy to play. I mean, I think we'll be playing um, Coriolis here in the upcoming year. I think with you running it from the free league system, right?
0: Yep, we are going to jump into Coriolis. I'm excited trying to figure out where i'm going to start i thought i think i know the starting point of this how we're going to start we'll see how things go when we get there and what happens i'm excited for character creation in that because the way Free League handles it you have to create characters as a group things like strongholds and this you're going to have to do your spaceships and stuff as a group And figure all that stuff out together. So I'm excited to see what the group comes up with for their party and where we take it from there. Some of the planning I've realized I kind of have to wait to see what y'all have done before I can be like, okay, this is exactly how I'm going to approach this campaign. (laughs) So I've got a lot that I've read up on and I'm preparing and figuring out how we're gonna approach things and how much sandbox versus how much railroad versus how much what is gonna be determined pretty much
1: by the group. Yep. Nope. It'll be good. I mean, um, so we'll be playing that. We just started, you know, Mutant Frog Classics. Uh, yeah. Last or uh, from our real real time from recording time <laughs> last night, but from Christmas time, maybe about a week. Or so, and then we got all flesh must be eaten that we start up in you know on Halloween of this year. So I think we'll we'll have some good campaigns in the upcoming year. I think we're going to try to do some more exploratory one shot games whenever we have time to cram them in. (laughs) I know. I think
0: the first one. So the first one that we're going to be doing. It's coming up right after Christmas.
1: We'll be doing Mothership, right? And
0: that's going to be the Mothership one-shot. We're going to try that
1: out. Yep. Then then... after
0: that, you're going to do Barbarians of Ruined Earth in January, I'm thinking, right?
1: Yeah, correct. So we'll be playing the... Actually, they did a level zero funnel module for Barbarians, and we'll be playing that one in January.
0: So let me ask about the funnel module. Is character creation a little bit different than the main book, I'm assuming, because you're doing level zeros.
1: Yeah, so for this module, everyone will be starting at a level zero character. Um, There will be actually no character creation. Everyone's going to be a very generic standard, you know. This is what you got, and everybody has 1d4 hit points type of thing. So it'll be a little bit different than what we've done in DCC and MCC, and it'll be different than their core game, obviously, because we're doing a funnel.
0: Well, will it be multiple characters for each player, or how are we going to do that? I'm curious. Have you, I'll have to see you, have you how, figured
1: that out yet? <laughs> I'll, I'll just see how many players we have. That will determine um, if we do multiple characters or not. So, um, it, it, It's not like MCs or DCC where they're like, oh yeah, it's recommended that you have at least three to four each <laughs> for this one. So for this one, it's going to be um, a little bit of a hybrid thing. So it may not give us a full taste of a barbarian. So we may do this level zero funnel one shot and then do do another one shot in the future. That'll be with traditional level one characters. Oh,
0: the good thing about that is we could talk about the level zero one shot and then and one and and kind of do that for the show and then talk about more of the game in a a future one if we get learn a little bit more about it and get a little more experience with it to see where it goes.
1: Yep. So, you know, that'll be fun. And then I'm sure there'll be some other games that we, um, want to try out you know i definitely want to play some of what florida land's been putting together as well too so
0: yeah i think there's there's a couple there that we need to look at there's a there's a prowlers and paragons is the one isn't it yep
1: for superheroes yep
0: and then there's by this axe i hack and then there's another one i don't know if we're allowed to talk about publicly yet
1: (laughs) yeah So (laughs) yeah so the secret one the the secret one so i personally want to try out this you know the secret one and as well as Prowlers and paragons as well too um, so you know, we'll see what time we have and how we do our one-shots and, and such. You know, I definitely want to get back to Call of Cthulhu at some point. So we'll um
0: You know we'll what see. you know what Call of Cthulhu I would love to play. I would be I would consider DMing it if someone else wouldn't, but I'd almost rather just play it is uh the Dark Ages one. That's yeah, the so, one I'm most interested
1: in. So there's by. two Call of Cthulhu campaigns that I want to run. One is the the dark ages one. And then the other one is the Western weird Western.
0: <laughs> if I'm totally honest, I'm way more excited about the dark ages one than the Western one. Yeah, I'm, not so, a, I'm not that much of a John Wayne thing. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So I,
1: I have um, both, both source books for both the uh, Cthulhu dark ages. So I might do a blended dark ages slash Roman I forget what the roman supplement is called. I got to look it one. up. There is yeah. one. There I is one. I don't think
0: I have that. I got the Dark Ages
1: book. Oh, it's called Invictus. It's invictus. invictus. Yeah, so I might blend Cthulhu invictus with Dark Ages. Um, now is,
0: he, is that by Chaosium Cthulhu invictus or did someone else put that out?
1: Um I thought it was put out by Chaosium, but I know that third parties have released supplements for both. I believe depending what what edition
0: i know osprey press i think they may have put some cthulhu stuff out but i may be wrong and for some reason i thought i saw some kind of Greek, greco-roman or something there i might be just talking out of my ass i might be wrong there i was i'm thinking of some books that i had seen at the game store i haven't had a chance to really flip
1: through yeah there. well the thing is there's different editions so i got like seventh edition and the second edition and, and stuff of um dark ages or invictus so we'll probably do a blended campaign Even though technically the Invictus, which is the Roman era, takes place a couple, maybe 200 years before the traditional, what they call the Dark Ages. But I'll probably just do a blended period where you can play Romans or you can play goth barbarians from the Dark Ages as well, too, because there is some overlap, you know, there, right? So
0: Yeah, there definitely is. I, I don't know what I will end up playing in something like that if, if you end up running. I have no idea.
1: Well, that's why I need to talk to people because I <laughs> to John, I think he wants to play like a German, a traditional German, bar, quote unquote, barbarian, as they call it.
0: Well, the, the classes in there, they got some crazy. Uh, I, 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 classes don't work the same in Cthulhu as they do in, in like A, D, and D or BX. Very different. You have like templates and you kind of build yourself out of right. skills and stuff like that. But the classes in there are very different from D D classes. It's not like fighter, um no. <laughs> wizard, and thief and cleric. They have like very real positions in life,
1: like yeah, peasants I mean, and... <laughs> you can play like peasants, you can play like a scribe, you can play a legionnaire, you can play a senate, you know, senator essentially from the Roman side, you know. So definitely a lot of uh different options, and that's the fun of the game. You can play everyday everyday people right
0: <laughs> i think i want to be a pro uh, i'm a pro and i'm proud of it i got my proletariat <laughs> pride oh, there <laughs> you working go class folk i definitely want to be a, a working class folk but what sort of working class folk i'm not 100 sure until i open that book but i think that's where i'll in because that's where my bias often heavily leans into that <laughs> yeah
1: so again something that we'll um look into as a one shot or maybe you know side side campaign in the future
0: we'll- yeah yeah I'm excited to check that one out there's tons I mean there's so much I saw so, like I think we've talked about what we want to play and what we have in the future but I'm gonna say that that once I get that Coriolis under my belt there's two other can I know the next two campaigns I want to play and they are definitely going back to some very classic D and d stuff I definitely want to play some Osric and some swords and wizardry or run one of those two and there's a lot of these awesome zines I've been reviewing that's kind of made for those old school editions that I just want to tear into and, and pull out and just get into all this great, crazy, cool stuff. That's out there. Uh, Planar compass, um, the phylactery, so many of these zines. I, I, I couldn't even begin to listen. Only a few of them. I've been able to review. I have piles. I haven't gotten a chance to get to yet to review. I'm going to do some of have to start doing solo reviews on the show again, just to get to them
1: all. Now, the, the zines, though, I mean, a lot of the ones that you've been getting have been more of the OSR slash OSE classic zines. Um, but obviously, they are zines for, you know, cyberpunk games and other genre games as well out there. Oh, yeah.
0: I've got tons of little game, zines games like that, too. Um, the one I've been trying to get to is this. Uh, was it Bullets Under a Neon Sky or something along those lines? I thought it was right here, but I don't see it right here oh yeah it is it's called dancing with bullets under a neon sky and it's sort of a black hack based uh cyberpunk game that looks really fun i don't know if i could make a huge campaign out of it but a short one i think you could do i have yet to review this thing it's been sitting here i'm trying to get to it i have quite a few other. i got a couple of, i got this one where you play like i don't know how to explain it you're like spirits and you play spirits floating around in some kind of afterlife netherland and there's quite a few different little neat ones i've picked up that just haven't had the chance to review them all hopefully as the year is coming up i'll be able to get to more of them and i may have to start doing more than one zine a week to keep up with everything that's coming out
1: <laughs> I understand i think one thing that'd be interesting is you know if we had the time in the future is we delve into some one shots with the Black Hack system because there's so many sub-genres that are built off of the black hack system i mean i have cthulhu hack you know so i think it'd be interesting for us to try i think there's a ghostbusters hack out there as well too now so,
0: barbarians of the ruined earth is kind of a black hack game as
1: well isn't it, it? Is. it and is.
0: so is by this axe i that Lenny did. Yes. It is also black hack based the black hack showing up in a lot of places um i've got the original black hack Book which is like a little zine. I know that they've had revisions of it since I've not picked up any of the um, revisions. I have
1: second edition, maybe Black Hack.
0: Oh, I didn't realize you picked that up. I, yeah. I, I and there's a mech hack I'm curious to check out too, right? Yeah, I don't exactly. think it's a physical form, I think it's just
1: a PDF. no, it's PDF. So that's why I said I think it'd be fun for us to explore some of the other genres that came out of the Black Hack base system.
0: Here's the thing. I'm going to be 100% audience with the 100% audience. I'm going to be the audience. I'm going to be 100% honest with the audience. I tend to not review anything that I only have in PDF. I tend to only review physical copies. Not that I don't read stuff on the internet. I read like blogs and stuff, but shorter things, getting through a book in a digital format is difficult for me. If I can sit there and hold it in my hands when I'm in, in bed or on the couch, that's where I do most of my reading. And I, I just am stuck in old man reading a physical book mode. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, for, for me, you know, if I'm running the game, I prefer to have a phys- physical copy if possible. But if not, I'm pretty comfortable with digital just because I don't have a lot of space to store physical media anymore so
0: yeah i, I definitely uh, if, if i don't have it physically it's it's there's a 99 percent chance i'm not going to make it through reading it i've tried a few times just for the podcast to get through a few things digitally and it's hard for me to read digitally well the problem is i got
1: <laughs> i got crappy eyes so i have a hard time with smaller fonts. so that's why i need a digital copy to blow it up so i can zoom in and see stuff
0: <laughs> my uh, i've been I used to have the best vision in the world, but now I've got I've got to wear readers to read. Not everything. Some things I can read fine without my readers. But uh, yeah, the doctor finally gave me a, a, pres- a prescription for the readers. So I haven't picked up my prescription ones yet, but my yeah. old man spectacle glasses. So I can <laughs> see when I on that. paper. Oh, I no. was I was at the I was taking my child to the doctor the other day. And uh, they they asked me to look over the information, like all
1: the oh, information. I remember. Did <laughs> you, you tell me about the fine print?
0: <laughs> and I looked at this and was like, "Lady, I I can't. I don't have my readers with me. I can't see this right now. I can't read this. I can't tell you if this is right or not." So she had to read it all off to me, and I had to, I had to, I had to give an affirmative from her reading. I was like, "It's not going to happen. I need my readers in order to see stuff this small." <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely a challenge i mean one thing i also found is you know so you know we mentioned we'd be uh playing the love of zero barbarians of the you know cursed earth or whatever it was for that module you know you had uh given me the hard copy of it however there's a two page map spread in there and the way that is bound i can't see some of the rooms near ah, the binding on the inside so i got the digital copy and i was like okay now i can see all the rooms so that's one of the advantages of having a PDF is that, you know, anything that's, that's squished in to the binding of the graphics, you know, you can see it fully on the map on the PDF now.
0: Ah, uh, I didn't even crash my
1: mind. <laughs> well, you know, when, when the first thing I look at, when I look at a, a module is the map and I'm looking at the map coin, I don't want to like smash the binding of the book, you know, the module to flatten out, to be able to see the edges. So I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't want to break the binding. So let me just go get the PDF. Oh and- yeah. I mean,
0: I- I have a lot of game books with smashed broken bindings. <laughs> I have a lot of old ones like that They yeah. definitely got their creases in the sides of the binding. I try to read my books now without creasing the binding a lot of times, even just my regular reading novels and stuff like that and, and, and nonfiction. But yeah, I've destroyed a few bindings and some books in my
1: Yeah, lifetime. did you see the video I posted about how to properly open a book? I did. In fact, I, I did that just like two days
0: ago with a very <laughs> large book.
1: Yeah, it works. I mean, it really does work to protect the binding of, of the book and opening and closing the pages. So, so explain
0: explain to our listeners how it's done without the video. <laughs> they can't see
1: uh, it. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, it, it pretty much says, you know, you open the book, you open the cover, and then you smooth out the front cover and the back cover. You but... kind of keep it up you keep it up you keep the, the pages itself, up book itself
0: but the covers flat just the the, cover's just flat. the
1: cover and then you uh, crease it. you crease down the front cover and back cover while you're holding the pages up and then you flop like i'm going to make up 20 pages depending on how thick your book is you crease the first 20 pages and then you crease the last 20 pages and you keep doing it section by section
0: just open it up so that you slowly work front, from to the middle of opening this thing up
1: yeah, that way you don't destroy your book.
0: <laughs> now this is only for like sewn bound type books. If it's yeah, a perfect bound, you don't just do gonna that to probably the perfect. Tear, probably yeah.
1: tear pages out. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do that for glued binding. But if it's sewn binding, you can use that method. If it's for glue binding, you should hold on to the um, hold on to the spine very carefully. <laughs> yeah, and don't crease it.
0: <laughs> glue binding is not as good but I've got a lot of old books that are glue bound and like perfect bound. I have a few that pages have fallen out of over the years, but as many books as I have, I'd say the amount is pretty minimal, less than 1% of ones that pages have actually fallen out of perfect binding books.
1: Well, my War, Warhammer 40k Rogue Creator book from the 1980s has fallen apart because I was a glued binding from the UK and that thing's destroyed. <laughs> I have
0: a couple AD&D players handbooks that are so beat up and tore up. So one just doesn't have the spine anymore. I actually bought that one used probably two years ago i found it without the spine and it was so cheap it was like three or five bucks i was like yeah it's worth having there's no spine but if someone wants to roll up a character i can hand it to them and they can be used but my og players handbook from back in the day that thing's got some pages that got ripped out and that was not perfect binding that was that was a heavily used book
1: (laughs) yeah you know it's always good to have some um use player copies let's call it at the table that way you you don't feel bad if they get torn up beat up or bent out of shape
0: yeah i have quite a few different for different systems that i really like i do have extra players handbooks for i've got a stack of osric books i'm ready to pass out when i get the chance to do my osric campaign that i'm just gonna be
1: whenever that happens
0: (laughs) every player is gonna get one
1: yeah, you had given me one of the Oxford awesome books, I think, last week, right? Yes, or I I gave you before. I
0: gave you one. Did I give you the hardback or did I give you the, the I gave you the hardback one,
1: correct? I think so. I gotta go and check on my shelf here.
0: I gotta check and make sure I gave you the right one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave you one of the hardbacks. I only had like one hardback. The other ones I have are like I gave you that one because it's larger, and the other ones are smaller, like digest size. And I know, oh, that, got it. That yeah, eye wise, I know it can be an issue sometimes reading. No.
1: That's I appreciate
0: print.
1: it. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I appreciate that. So, but uh, yeah, what one thing that we do want to uh, do in the future? I think we were talking about doing either microscope or kingdom again as well too.
0: Yeah. So the idea is, if you've been listening, you've probably heard this. If you haven't listened to every episode, and I'm expecting most listeners have not listened to every episode. The idea behind the kingdom and microscope that we want to do is start like an like an AD and D Osric type campaign. But the first session zero, before we even roll up characters, we play a game like Microscope or Kingdom. And build. what those are, are world building or kingdom building games where we create the history of a, of, a, of a place. And what that does is we build up and the, the whole group throws in their two cents and we're all part of inventing the history of the world we're going to play in or the kingdom we're going to play in. So when you roll up your character, what character do you want to play in the world whose history you now know and had a hand in creating? So you have a little bit more investment, investment and interest in the campaign we're starting up and in the world. That's the idea behind it. I'd really like to try starting a game out that way. Don't know where the idea came from. Some kind of podcast or someone I listened to first said something like that. And I was like, that's a cool idea.
1: We need to do that. <laughs> we should try because uh, as Logar mentioned, we'll be creating the, the history which builds all the major conflicts. Um, I don't want to say encounters because encounters implies it's a one, one thing. No, it's, it's yeah. major conflicts within the universe or the kingdom. And um, I think that will lend well. itself well to creating some very interesting campaigns. As you mentioned, everyone's going to be invested in creating this universe with the major shakers and movers of that kingdom and then see how we interact with those situations be it the conflicts the campaigns the shakers and movers um, so i think it'll be uh, quite interesting now the tricky thing is making sure that a lot of times we get a lot of people for such a zero and then we'll lose about you know a quarter of them <laughs> 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 or more you know so uh, i
0: always over invite when we start a new game because uh, i expect there to be a little bit of dropout after we start so session zero, I usually ask more people to come play than are actually gonna expect to play in the campaign. And That's always, I feel that's usually worked out pretty well for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's definitely something that we need to find some time to do it, or we just do. I know we've done microscope before as a, you know, one shot when we didn't have everyone show up for game. We just went either played Munchkin or did microscope. So I think we'll keep that in mind, you know, in the future, but. All our games have been pretty consistent so far, I think. So yeah, we I, we, we haven't had to, to deviate much. No,
0: no, we've done well there. I need to get a copy of that Kingdom book, but I haven't. I haven't even looked looked out for. It. I've I've heard of Kingdom. I, I I've talked about it. and I've heard others talked about it. And I've never even seen the book at this point. I need to check out and invest a little bit more and figure out where I can get Kingdom and check it out. The other one I've been wanting to play. Oddly enough, another game that's not a role-playing game is diplomacy.
1: Definitely Have you heard one. of
0: that? Yeah, it's an older game. I guess it's all about diplomacy, and what you do is, I guess, how it's played is without dice or things. You make diplomatic um, efforts with others, and it's played like, like they say, like like over long periods of time, sometimes where you're trying to make, I guess deals over world politics, etc., and backstabbing and and making alignments with other people that are playing. I think that would be an interesting game to try out and play, especially if it's something we wanted to bring into a high level campaign where there may be more of a political element for the player characters. I think that game might be an interesting one to look at and pull stuff from and get a few of the players playing to kind of give us an idea how to approach a political campaign at higher levels. Right. That's one I've been wanting to check out for a while because of that.
1: Yeah. Cause at some point our characters will hit high enough level that you can build strongholds and fiefdoms or whatever you want to call it. So that's going to lead into the diplomacy. <laughs> yeah. That would be an interesting game to
0: check out and play and explore i'd like to i'd like to see I, it would be great if we could see that happen with the one that we start with kingdom
1: right exactly that could world be well. build we're building yeah a
0: few years later we're pulling out diplomacy to try to do the the socio-political stuff that has led to in the campaign that would be a great approach i also think looking at doing a multi-dm approach for a game like that might be something good a, a tag off like someone DMs for a while then another person DMs for a while for a long lived campaign like that. I've done that kind of game before in the past. And I've had a lot of good success with that campaign. It was one of my longest living camp longest campaigns. So might be a thing to talk about. We got a lot of DMs in our player group. I don't see why we couldn't pass off an Osric game or an D type game pretty easily between us all.
1: Yeah, I think so, because right now we have at least four to five games going, so we have DMs for, individual DMs for each of those games, so um, I think that would be an interesting take on it. Um, one thing that I think would be curious for the near is, you know, are we going to continue to add on people to our gaming group that are that's outside of our geographical area, right? Yeah. Um, so I think with most of the games that we have, I think we have pretty good pretty good party attendance so far so we'll have to see if we do add new people you know how we fit them in the game because i think some games were maxed out the number of players
0: yeah there's a few games we probably can't take more players but there's a few that we could use we could we could fit a few people in here and there and with the new ones that are popping up you know let's we'll see how much room we have and who all plays and with one shots as well that are coming up Might be able to bring in some players that don't normally play as well, depending on who responds to it. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes. I think we're about at time. Yep, I think so. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, share with others, tell others, leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. That really helps. And thank you for those of you who have been leaving us such good positive reviews that I've seen. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards we're pretty active there in general i'm on twitter at logar and have happy holidays happy new year all that stuff and keep those dice rolling
1: yep we hope everyone has a good happy holidays with whatever holiday you happen to celebrate and uh you'll be he- obviously hearing from us again here very soon on the podcast and if you're up north here where we're
0: at and it's frigid stay warm i hope you have the heat going <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, can't. I I I got my heater running below my desk right now so <laughs> I
0: can't take the cold it hurts my body <laughs>